Welcome, players, to the Triple Play Fantasy Basketball Show. Can't believe we didn't get canceled after week one. We're the podcast that doesn't blow a 3-1 lead and then call someone crying in the parking lot to build a super team. Not taking jabs at anyone there. I got my shooters here. I got Bradley Beal Kilgore. What's going on, my man? It's a lot better than Avery Bradley last week. I love that. You know, there's very few Bradleys in the NBA. I'm, I'm going to be out after like week four or week five, but I'm going to try to keep this going. A little bit easier with this name. We got James Jones Lewis. What is going on, man? And I get an upgrade, too, uh, after last week's Mike James debacle. I'm doing great. A lot of changes in a week, though. Last week, we thought the season was going to start in February, March. We're looking at December 22. Yeah, it, it Buckle is. up, fellas. Players aside, we have a great show planned for today. We're going to be diving into the Atlantic Division and playing general manager. Would you tank or would you rebuild? What about the current players and draft pick situation? We're going to dive into all that. After that, we'll go into our question of the week, tying in who is the best GM currently in the NBA. That's not one of us. And as always, we have our game of the week revealed at the end of the show. But first, some news and notes. News and notes. NBA draft is finalized for November 18th, less than a month away. We're going to dive into that in another show. It's exciting that it's a month away normally in June. Just want to touch it quick. Brad, any any thoughts as we're coming to an unusual draft? I'm just excited for it, man. I I don't think the, the timing of the draft is going to affect much. I think these guys already, you know, they've already done their work. They've already been evaluated. And, you know, the interview process is going to be a little different, but I'm excited to see Killian Hayes and, and uh, Mellow Ball get drafted to their, their eventual Hall of Fame career. James, some quick thoughts you have? Well, I mean, for most of the GMs uh, picking in the top of the draft, uh, they've had since, like, what, February, March to kind of figure out their prospects. Yeah, the process has been different. Um, but I think they, they're they bored at this point. They want to get things rocking and rolling. Um, and now they're just getting smacked with, hey, the draft, hey, what? Free agencies like the following week. So they're going to have their hands full. Plenty of sleepless nights ahead for these GMs. And what I think is really interesting, too, and this ties into college basketball. Think of some players like Kemba Walker, Shabazz Napier, that do really well in the tournament and help their draft stock. Shabazz oh, Napier yeah. was projected to go as a late second-round pick. And then because he had such a great tournament, LeBron hyped him up, got that first-round pick, and got a guaranteed contract. So it's interesting that we're having – such a huge time gap between the college basketball season and this draft where I feel like some players that were gaining some momentum, it hurts their stock a little bit, or maybe not. We'll see when the draft comes. Second bit of news of notes, the NBA eyes a pre-Christmas start. This would entail a 72-game regular season. The schedule would also include a play-in tournament, likely no all-star game and weekend, and a two-week break midway through the season. The reduction in regular season games would allow the NBA to finish the season before the Summer Olympics in Japan. So, James, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on starting the season so close to when we finished it? Do you like it? I think it's uh, just a matter of the circumstances. Uh, we're going all in basically for that, you know, 2021-22 full regular season back in order, I guess, normal, so to speak. So, I mean, I think it's just – 
we ha- we you you have to um, just adjust based on the circumstances. And in, in this case, they're going to go with a shorter season, and I I think that that is the move. Brad, what are your thoughts? To be honest, I think the two month turnaround after the physical and mental chaos of the year we just had is a bit cruel. Um, but I think Adam Silver is making these decisions based on the optimal amount of revenue for the league, which the players also care about because it affects the cap, which hits their pockets. But uh, assuming that the players had some input, I'm good with it. Um, I guess all the players that need more rest will be load managed throughout the season anyway. So I'm sure the quality of the game will still be top notch. And I love the playing game. I, I'm glad they're keeping that. Um, I would really love if they started giving a few team or giving every team a few bye weeks throughout the season like we do in football to kind of let people heal and maybe let people leave the bubbles if they keep doing that get some time off etc but but i the timeline's quick but i I understand why the move move was made so i think it's really interesting and we've seen this with football and obviously that's a whole different sport there's a lot more contact involved but they eliminated preseason training camp and we've seen a multitude of injuries probably more than any nfl season before and I'm wondering with basketball, if you take a little time off and then you ramp up, you don't have any of these games to start. And, and Brad, I certainly understand where you're coming from with load management. I don't think it's something where players will do at the beginning of the season, but I think if they're going to do this quick turnaround, the two-week midseason break is good. Although I'm a fan of the all-star stuff, I understand taking that out as well. So, you know, that, that the NBA has done really well at managing this, and I trust Adam Silver. So if the players are on board, I'm down to have the product back sooner, but... And I'll just touch on, I think that uh, Brad eloquently touched on this last week and then he repeated his thoughts about the mental health um, aspect. Um, I think I agree with you, E, as far as being disappointed about the All-Star Games. One of the things that I love about the NBA, I think it it owns that Valentine's Day weekend. It's a well-tuned machine. And and maybe we can just get the the, the All-Star game, just just the game. As a fan, just like can I, I? That's what I'm hopeful for. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think that it's going to definitely um, the schedule being tinkered. We'll see if there's going to be more division play because of that. We'll see if um, people are going to be stationed in a different area. I know last week I was all in on bubble um, life, but it, a, a lot changes in a week. And if you're watching the World Series, I mean. These fans oh, yeah. made me remember and reminisce why they're so important and why they bring so much excitement to the table. So, uh, you know, cheers to baseball because that, that, that was awesome to watch. Yeah, and, and, you know, we talked about this last week, and we're going to definitely touch on it in the future as the season gets closer. But speaking of close... You like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Want to hear more Triple Play? Great news for you. We have a fantasy baseball and football show that you can also check out, available anywhere you pot, you get your podcasts. Unfortunately, David hosts those. If you're enjoying the content, how about being a pioneer and giving us one of the first five-star ratings and reviews on our podcast page? Check us out on Twitter and IG at Triple Fantasy. Myself and Brad do a great job running our social media, providing the daily questions. Gifts telling David he's wrong, and of course our weekly episode drops. Are you bored now that MLB season is almost over? Football is back to only three days a week, and there's no basketball? Why not listen to us and pick up podcast listening as a sport? We'll be the hour of sporting entertainment to fill the void. We want to keep you entertained, but it starts with you, the loyal player. Thank you for your listens each and every week.
General Manager Mode Analysis. We're going to have a rubric here, and we're going to discuss for each team, A, their level of contention on a 1 to 10 scale, 1 being pretender, 10 being contender. Are you going to go all in or are you going to rebuild? We're going to assess the team's salary cap situation and any big contract they have on the books, which I classified as anyone making over $10 million a year. And then their draft pick situation for the 20 and 21 season. So we have five teams here, and I'm going to start with Brad. And uh, breaking news, um, Sean Marks of the Nets got fired because he passes really bad gas. Uh, The Nets put out a statement saying, we have hired Bradley Kilgore to be our new general manager effective immediately. Um, So Brad is inheriting the Nets, and – they're, they're in a pretty good spot to compare to where they've been. They were 35 and 37 during the regular season last year. Seventh seed swept by the Raptors in the first round. Their head coach is Steve Nash, making his coaching debut. Kevin Durant averaging 40 million over the next three seasons. Kyrie averaging 34 million over the next three seasons. DeAndre Jordan averaging 10 million over the next three seasons. Karis Levert averaging 17 mil a year over the next three seasons, and Torian Prince with an average of 14 million over the next two years. They have one pick in each round in the 2020 and 2021 draft. General Manager Kilgore, the floor is yours. So my absolute favorite trade is the batch for the same batch, Levert, Prince, 2021 and two, to the Cavaliers for Kevin Love. You look at what he provided to the Cavs last championship, and I think he has a perfect skill set to play with KD and Kyrie. It also helps the Cavs because they get younger and they add pieces to their rebuild. Um, this leaves a team of 10 players on the roster because I let all my free agents walk. So you have KD, Kyrie, Love, Dinwiddie, Allen, Jordan, Temple, Musa, Kurutz, Claxton, and they're 1.5 over the cap and 22.4 under the luxury tax which the Nets team would absolutely utilize. Um, so with that remaining cap, I'd still have 22.4 of the luxury tax I could utilize. So I'd, I'd target one big free agent and fill the rest with roster minimum guys. I'd probably offer Danilo Gallinari, who's a free agent, maybe a one-year $15 million deal, um, which he might take since his last deal was for $21 million annually. And if he doesn't take the discount to get minutes on a contender, I'd sign Carmelo for like one for 10 million and fill out the rest with luxury tax money. So, so Brad, uh, you had mentioned that the Nets have a, you know, a championship roster now on a one to 10 scale because we haven't seen this team yet. You know, KD took the entire year off. Kyrie was hurt. How, how serious a contender do you think they are? I have them making it to the Eastern conference finals and losing. Okay. That's that's I like that. I like that. If they snag love, I think that puts them over the edge. Honestly, I would take that trade. I think it makes both teams better. Cleveland unloads. Kevin Love Absolutely. isn't going to be Kevin Love is not going to be the number one option. He's not going to help Colin Sexton and Darius Garland's game develop. I think you're exactly. getting young. I, I think both it works out for both teams. So good job, General Manager Kilgore. We go Thank next. Another breaking news alert. The Celtics have fired Danny Ainge because they finally realized he was a snake and they didn't want a, repu- a bad reputation for their team. So they've called Coach Lewis coming in, I guess General Manager Lewis now. So quick review of the Celtics. They went 48-24 and 24 during the regular season, 
They were a three seed and eventually lost to the Heat in six in the Eastern Conference Finals. Their head coach is Brad Stevens. They got some big contracts on the books. Kemba is in the second year of his four-year $140 million contract. Gordon Hayward is due $34.1 million this season. Marcus Smart is making two-year 28 as a defensive specialist. They just signed Jalen Brown to a four-year $150 million extension kicking in this upcoming season. For draft picks, they still have some. They don't have as much as they used to hoard. In 2020, they have three first-rounders and one second-round and then one each in 2021. So, General Manager Lewis, how you writing the ship? Uh, well, it, it feels good to have a player like Jason Tatum on my team. I'll tell you that. Um, what a jump he made this past season, uh, moving his points per game to 23 in the clear um, leader and best player on this team. Um, I feel a little bit Kimba Walker empowerment and as far as that process is concerned. Then stepped it up even more in the playoffs with his 26, 10, and 5. I mean, one of only two other players that did that in the playoffs. The other, yeah, some people think he's the greatest player to ever play this game. So I think that the Celtics are in good hands going forward. So I wouldn't say they necessarily have to go all the way in this year, um, but they have uh, a shot and they have the pieces. I would say a nine on the scale of 10. Um, You make that, I I think they're in the second tier. I think there's a, there's a clear cut first tier. And I think that they are in the second tier. I mean, they were in the Eastern conference finals for a reason. They beat the defending champions in seven games in a tough, tough series. Uh, It just seems that uh, that guy, Jason is, is ready for the moment. And I can't wait to see him take another leap as I think he's in the top 12 players. I think you got to take a good look at the big situation. Um, Tice is, is is on a good contract. He played well, um, and I, I, I like him as an asset right now. Cantor, uh, with his production and rebounds, looks good on paper, but he's unplayable when it comes to the playoffs. We saw him riding the pine. I think you got to take a big look at that big man position. Free agents available, pretty meek. Um, one guy that I have my eye on, I like Tristan Thompson. He's a winner. Um, he's a tough guy that can guard the likes of Bam. You know, I'm not saying he's going to strap those guys up, Bam, Giannis, but he's going to be able to compete um, and kind of play his tough guy role within that Celtics offense that's head by the monster within uh, Tatum. I like Edwards, Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Robert Williams, Taco Fall, these young water, some, some young guys, but they got to take a step up so that they can be able to play in the playoffs. The guy the, to watch is clearly Gordon Hayward. He's got a player option of 34 mil. Oh, he's picking it up. He's picking it up. He's taking that. So, all right, James, I I got a question for you, though. They just paid Jalen Brown uh, about 24 mil a year for that extension. Personally, I think that's overpaid, but that's besides the point. They're going to have to pay Jason Tatum more, and he's likely going to be in that 34 mil a year contract, and that's not going to be bad when Gordon Hayward's contract is off the books this year. But they're going to be strapped with salary cap situation. Do you think that this is kind of their we need to win this year? Because they're going to be signed with Kemba, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum for likely close to $100 million a year for three players. I, I like that you point that out. Like you could ride it out with, with Gordon this year, um, or you could, 
you could try to move them. And that's an option. I think that they're going to kind of cross that bridge when it gets there next year and um, kind of try to see what you can do. I've heard rumors of different packages involving um, Gordon Hayward from uh, all the way to to Horford, to Gortat, to my favorite one that I've heard and it just broke a couple days ago was him going to Indiana, which is the place where he was born, for a guy named Miles Turner. And I think Miles Turner would be a great fit for Boston. Again, he's a young guy that needs to get paid down the road. But Indiana certainly needs to make a move when it comes to Turner and Sabonis as they just can't play together well. Um, They both do similar things, um, but their numbers, when they're both on the court, Indiana is not as good when either one of them are heading the ship. They have to make a move. I think Indiana is making a move move on either one of those two bigs, and I think that Turner would be a great pick. Um, They do have three first-round picks. So they could definitely throw in some of these picks um, to make some deals. At 14, I like a, a backup guard. I like I love Cole Anthony if, if he's available there at 14. Maxie is a great scorer off the bench that I think that he could even produce come playoff time. You look at 26 and 30, you're either going to go with a 3 and D like uh, Aaron Naismith or Sadiq Bey or the big guys that I like at the end of the first round that I think could be sleepers, Isaiah grown man-child, Stewart, and Vernon Carey Jr. They don't get tougher, um, and I think one of those two guys will pan out. Yeah, certainly. And, I mean, you know, the Celtics built up assets for a while, and I think Danny Ainge was playing chess when people were playing checkers, and some people have caught on. Uh, I, I think for how much the Celtics had and how promising, it's been a little disappointing that they haven't made it back to a finals, but – they're in a good situation, and they're always in contention. So good work, General Manager Lewis. Um, I'm getting a, another breaking news alert. The Knicks have fired Scott Perry because he uses uh, pens with blue ink. Well, good thing I have uh, black ink here. Um, and what? I'm, I'm getting another notification that they're hiring me? Me? All right. Well, it's a tough job. Wouldn't be the craziest thing they've done in the past. Yeah. yeah okay. So, I mean – Guys, this is a construction project right here. We're putting on the hard hats for this. First thing, got to find someone to take out Dolan. Got to. That That's that's first thing. Walking, <laughs> walking in the door. I'm not even saying somebody has to, like, like take his life away, but, like, take him away from basketball. In, introduce him to, like, video games or, like, I have no idea, but just get him out the building. Got to get a band, man. Second thing, bring back Spike Lee and Charles Oakley. Bring some entertainment back to the garden. My third thing, stop signing small forwards slash power forwards in free agency. So, oh, yeah. to, so to touch on this, the Knicks. It's a new free- NBA. It's a diary. I'm going to get all of them. <laughs> they, so to recap, I was just so animated and so excited that I got the sudden call that I didn't even review them. They were 21 and 45 in the regular season and missed playoffs, of course. Head coach is Tom Thibodeau. Um, some retread. I, I mean, he just signed a five-year deal, so he's here to stay, I guess. Big contracts. Julius Randle. Two-year, 38 mil. Bobby Portis making 15 mil for the next season. Taj Gibson, 10.2 mil. They went all out and signed power forwards. Um, Their draft pick situation, 2020, they got two first-rounders and a second-rounder, and they got one of each in the following drafts. So as I said, first thing, stop signing small forwards and drafting them. 
They have the three I mentioned. They have Kevin Knox. They have R.J. Barrett. None of them are ball handlers. None of them are centers. You're literally log jamming your forward position. So that's what I would do, first and foremost. Second, they don't have any long-term commitments. They've traded away a lot of star players, but it's good that they're they, – if they're not getting these, these star players in free agency, they're not signing long contracts. So I think what you do is you take bad contracts for teams that are looking to unload. If for some reason the Celtics were like, look, we can't pay Tatum and have Jason Brown or Jalen Brown take his contract, take Kevin Love's contract, get drafts, picks in return, start building up more assets. Then what I would do is I would take a gamble on not a huge name player, but somebody that shows upside. I think something like the the Hornets did last year with Terry Rozier, where he was a backup and they got him for like 18 mil a year. It's kind of what the Wizards did with Gilbert Arenas. He was a six man with the Golden State Warriors. They took a chance on him signing and he turned into a bigger star. If you can't land those superstars that don't want to come to the Knicks because they don't have that same heralded image, I think you need to take a chance on players that have some upside, but not that star appeal. Um, and then once again, get rid of Dolan. I, I don't think that I can say that enough. He might be the worst owner in all of sports, definitely in basketball. Get rid of Dolan. Do whatever it takes. Hire, hire a crew, you know, put in some, get creative with some ads to lure him out of the office and then change the locks on Madison Square Garden. Do what you got to do. So. Nick's, um, I require two mil a year. That's very reasonable for a GM. So, uh, <laughs> all is in your court. But we transition. Well, it's something with the Atlantic Division. They're, they're gonna, they're gonna sign Evan Fournier to like 16, 18 mil a year and himself again. Still trying to find the guard of the future. Oh, easily. Then they'll sign Harrison Barnes to another contract and just logjam that small forward position. But I don't, guys, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm with the Evan Fournier slander. I like Evan Fournier, but he, he's I like got him at a certain number. He, and he, I think that he's not going to be your savior to the Knicks. He, he's got to be that compliment player when you're like one or two players all in and you're willing to make that 16 mil push. I don't like building around him, giving him that number. Um, but guys, guys, this is crazy because my phone's blowing up and you'd think the Raptors just winning the championship last year or two years ago would do it, but they fired Masai Ujiri and they said the reason was when he gets up, he doesn't push into his chairs. I mean, Brad, you're in demand because general general manager Kilgore is just popping up. So they were 53-19 and 19 during the regular season, the two seed in the East, lost to the Celtics in seven in the second round of the playoffs. Head coach is Nick Nurse and some big contracts. Kyle Lowry making about 67 mil over the next two years. Pascal Siakam is starting his four-year 130 mil extension. And Norman Powell is signed for two-year, 20 mil. They have a first and second in 2020 and the same in 2021. General Manager Kilgore, you are just in demand today. So, how are you getting the Raptors well, back? Should be. Champion? Oh, yeah. Tell them how it is. All right. So, stay with me here because I kind of have there's, – there's a lot of different scenarios here, and I kind of had some galaxy brain with this one, but stay with me. So, okay. And no means do I think this is a teardown job, um, more of a retool. Their situation is interesting because they have nine players on their roster that are under contract. You mentioned they got Siakam, they got Lowry, Powell, uh, OG, um, McCall, Stanley Johnson, Matt Thomas, Taryn Davis, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So 
some of the names I didn't name were Mark Gasol. So he's likely going to Europe and I'd have no interest in re-signing him. Uh, he had a huge cap number at 38 million and that frees up a lot for us. Um, Van Vliet, he's another free agent who will probably get a big bump in pay from his 9 million AAV. And then Serge and Chris Boucher are interesting free agents, but I'll revisit them later. So um, I kind of operate off the principle that to win a championship, you need at least one top tier star coupled with an all-star and lots mm -hmm. of shooting. Um, that's how I would want to build a team. So looking at their roster, they have zero top tier stars on their team, but they have two all-stars in Lowry and Siakam. Okay. So Lowry is Lowry's still in his prime, but he's on the back end and he's got a 33.2 million cap hit for one more year. And Siakam, he just signed that four for 130 and he's got a 30 million cap hit for this year. I keep Siakam and Lowry in the core. They're untouchable because you can't get value for Lowry because of his age. And I wouldn't want to trade Siakam because of his up, his uh, upside. He could grow into a top tier. He could grow into a top tier star. But if I were a GM, I'd I'd bet on him staying an All Star and being a number two, and preferably a number three, if you can make that happen. So my goal would be to add a star or two. And the Raptors need shooting. They have about 50 million in cap space if they don't resign any of their guys. Uh, players I'd be interested in targeting through free agency, um, not trades, would probably be my first option. Um, first, I'd offer my favorite free agent in the bunch, uh, Bertans off the Wizards. Um, some people might think that I'm overreacting, uh, but the year he just had was really Curry-like from the three-point line. He is um, a shooter. Yeah, he completely changed games when he was on, and he can rebound, and he's a decent Man. defender. He's he's and, like six ten, six eleven too. So yeah, stretch four that won't you can't block their three. So, so I'm Brad, I, sorry to interrupt you, but I, I'm liking where you're going. Well, no, he, he's got a lot of size, and I really like what he can bring offensively. Um, the downside is likely only limited to guarding three, uh, maybe a small forward, another small forward. Um, he's kind of on the slower side, but. Um, I'd offer him up to $25 million a year if I can sign him long-term. Um, okay, maybe not that much. Well, I, I like him a lot. Uh, he'd be, well, I mean, I think the reason he didn't do the bubble this year is because he knows he's about to get paid. Like, there's just there was no upside. I was going to bring that up. He wanted to get banked. He knew the Wizards weren't going to do anything. He already had his yeah. value up there. Smart I, man. I, I, I don't say I don't say twenty five million because I think he's worth that. I, I think I say twenty five million because I think that's going to be like market the value. lowest you can. Yeah, that's his market value. That's the lowest you can get for him when he signs. I think, but so he'd be the tenth player, and I would lead. That would lead twenty five million in the cap. Next, I go sign Joe Harris from the Nets. Um, his last deal was two for sixteen. Uh, JJ Redick got a one for twenty three a few years ago, and that's probably a good comp for Harris now and what I'd sign him for. Um, he's another elite sharpshooter when he's hot, and he provides defensive flexibility because he can guard shooting guards and small forwards. That leaves basically nothing in cap and 11 people on the roster. So if I were to go that route, number one, that, that would be my first my first choice. And I'd just fill out the rest of the, you know, four or five players with, you know, minimum contract guys and G League guys, um, guys who aren't going to be in the rotation anyway. Um the second option I would go to is where I revisit Serge Ibaka and Van Vliet. So Malcolm Brogdon was said to set the market for Fred Van Vliet at four for 85 million. Mm -hmm. I think that might even be a little light. I'd call it more like four for a hundred. 
Um, I don't think Toronto is a Fred Van Vliet away, but he's an interesting asset. I'm going to need later for a trade if I were to sign him. So let's say I sign Fred Van Vliet to that $100 million, which is 25 a year, at least 25 in cap for this year, which I also use to sign Serge Ibaka. So Serge Ibaka's last deal was $23 million, and I think it makes sense to give him another deal for one year in that same neighborhood for salary matching reasons. Uh, the Raptors need to trade for a star if they want to replace what Kawhi brought. Um, and I think that's the only way they can kind of, you know, get back to the Eastern Conference Finals, you know, contender every year type scenario. Um, so hear me out here. I wouldn't accept this if I was them, but I think this is a fair trade. I don't want Oladipo for a rental. I think the best fit would be, you know, maybe a Paul George, but he was traded for SGA and Gallo and Pitt. Yeah, and the Raptors. Him. Yeah, they don't have that kind of arsenal. Um, so the Raptors have been rumored to be in the Giannis race because of Masai Ujiri. So Giannis respects him and, you know, what Toronto was able to do. I think it makes perfect sense for everyone involved since Giannis is looking like he's going to walk for nothing next year. And the Bucks don't look to be close to contending as we thought. Um, I think it's not a bad idea for them to tear it down and get all they can. So this is where I kind of get a little magical. I think it's clearly a rental because he's going to play the free agent market no matter what. He's going to opt out wherever he goes, even if he stays in with the, bu- with the Bucks. So that means the price tag to get him would be lower than it would to get, you know, a Paul George. So maybe I send the newly. What's up? I was going to say. I want to know who, because I assume you're not including Siakam in this deal. It's a one-year rental to pair them together. So oh. you must you must be sending the entire roster, anyone that has value, and then signing G League players to complete. Let me hear. That's that's funny. I got to take on this too. I'm gonna let Brad finish, but I got to take on exactly what he's talking about. All right, I'm glad we're on the same page. So I'm sending the newly minted four hundred four four years for a hundred million dollar man, Fred Van Vliet who's an upgrade over Bledsoe and sets their future up. And also Serge Ibaka, who's only 31, if you can believe it, and four picks. That's the one and two in 2020 and the one and two in 2021. All for a one-year rental. Also, I'm fine giving up OG Ananubi or um, Norman Powell if necessary, but the salaries will match and everybody's under the cap. The Bucks can make a move. The Bucks can move on since it's better than losing your star for nothing. And it will give the Raptors a lineup of Lowry, Harris, Bertans, Giannis, and Siakam. And that's a team that faces the Nets in the East. Like, I I don't see a reason for the Raptors not to make that trade. And if I'm the Bucks, I'm thinking, all right, let's go ahead and get these assets. And then maybe we can make a run at Giannis again when he becomes a free agent. Mm, interesting. All right. All right, James. I know wow. you have to come in. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Wow. All right. So one thing I like is I love the idea of Giannis. And to me, he's a, that is a top three destination for him come that pending free agency the next year. Now, I, where, I, where I disagree is the, like, let's unload on all of our talent for where we've gotten to at this point. My opinion is run it all back. Sign Van Vliet in a Baca top dollar because – if they leave, Ibaka's got to take a pay cut to go to a contender. If Van Vliet leaves, he's going to go to a, a middle team that's not in contention, get overpaid. I say run it back for one year. you got the contracts that open up the books. Bring in 
Giannis with Siakam, Ojanobi, it's enough to entice him. Foreign guy, you know the Toronto Raptors love foreign players. And it stays in the East. So here's, Giannis here's to Toronto, what, 2021. Here's, here's where I push back on that. The reason I don't want to run it back is because we know the Toronto team that we saw this year is very good, but it's not a championship team, right? Like, we, I think we can all admit that, right? Mm-hmm. All I agree. Right, so. They could have got there. Not a championship team. They could have got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have got there, but you, you know, that's not what you want to. You wouldn't bet your hard-earned money on them winning the championship with the roster they have. They got lucky the year before just getting there (laughs) because of injuries. Fair enough. Fair enough. But the reason I don't bring everybody back and then just run it back is because it reminds me exactly of what the Heat did. I think it was either two or three years ago when they. You know, they made an improbable playoff run and a Miami team that thought they were a year away was actually only, you know, maybe a player away. And then they signed Hassan Whiteside to a big old deal. They signed, you know, Goran Dragic. They signed Tyler Johnson. They signed a bunch of players that they had a great year. You know, James Johnson. Yeah, they have. They signed a bunch of players with, that they had a great year with these deals that they deserve but you don't actually believe that you're a playoff team with them so now you're just stuck with bad contracts and not really a championship contender so i'd rather you know go all in or you know trade for you know assets really yeah and and brad i you know i feel the same way i think more gms should do that i know it's not the popular thing because if you can have moderate success it's uh, it's impressive to have on your resume I think what's important with the Raptors is Nick Nurse makes that team. I think he is one of the most underrated coaches. He he preaches ball movement, always finding the open pass. I think he's helped create the value that Fred Van Fleet will capitalize in the market. I think he's helped have a second stint for Kyle Lowry. So it'll be interesting. I think there's that's probably the team that we've talked about that has gone the most ways. But, guys, I I, I swear this is crazy because I just got a notification that – the 76ers fired Elton Brand for having a bad shape up. I, I guess that's not tolerated in NBA <laughs> circles, especially among former players. So, I mean, they're, they're they're calling general manager James Lewis again. I mean, something about you guys with these hot takes. So, um, oh, everybody tell me they they hired Jalen Rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, freshest shape up in the game. He should. Um, so, 76ers are 43 and 30 during the regular season. They were the sixth seed, but they were swept by the Celtics in the first round, not even winning a game. They're having some turnover at head coach. They got Doc Rivers, who's not afraid to ship his son out. They got a lot of big contracts. Tobias Harris. Son. <laughs> Tobias Harris is in the second year of his five-year 180, 180 million contract. Al Horford has three years left at about 27 mil each year. Joel Embiid is averaging about 31 mil over the next three seasons. Ben Simmons, his five-year 170 mil extension is kicking in in the 2021 season. And Josh Richardson, who they just traded for, main piece in the Jimmy Butler deal, 10.5 mil over the next two years. They did have a lot of assets for 2020. They have one first-rounder, four second-round picks, and in 2021, they have one each. So, General Manager Lewis, you're in demand again. Tell the 76ers fans what they want to hear. Are we trusting the process? All right. Now, we all heard of... The, the last dance, right? Oh, of course. Well, I think this is the last chance for the Ooh. Philadelphia 76ers. All right. When it, 
when it comes to Embiid and Simmons, of course, two of the league's top players, we got to figure out how we can get this to work. Maybe Doc Rivers has the answer. Championship pedigree, great with the relationships with his players, has all of the knowledge that players like Embiid and Simmons just search for and crave for. I think Elton Brand is on his last branch before we get <laughs> for the year ends. I mean, I hate to do this, but let's take a little look back from re- his recent picks. Uh, last year, um, he trades Jerome for Thibault. Wonderful move. But he also moved on Carson Edwards, Bruno Fernando for nothing. The year before, Miles Bridges from Philadelphia. Let's get him championship. No, let's trade him for Zaire Smith, who maybe played seven games in the NBA. The year before, the most epic debacle in draft history. Maybe you could argue the Luke and Trey Young, Luca and Trey Young thing, but faults over Tatum, and you give up a first future first. Shame on you, Elton Simmons. Sixteen, perfect. 2015, Okafor over, yes, Porzingis in that draft. In 2014, Embiid. So, yeah, they've hit a couple times. But last year you had Jimmy Butler (laughs) sitting there next to Tobias Harris, and we gave Tobias Harris the bank. That man is all fluff. Yes, he competes. He's not a winner. Philly fans cringe every time he gets the basketball at the end of the shot clock. So what are we going to do moving forward with this bad piece? Too much of a good thing is a bad thing, and I think they played that when they got Al Horford and signed him to a a, a mega deal. Unloading that is going to take some type of miracle. So we can see if they can flip that. Maybe they can package Josh Richardson First rounder, maybe, you know, they got four second round picks. Maybe throw it all in there and try to make a play at CP3. I know that is a drastic statement considering CP3's contract is well documented as paying too much. He's getting older, but you see what he could do. Maybe that is the magic in this last chance for Philadelphia. All right. I have a crazy trade because. I have been the proponent that they can't keep Simmons and Embiid. They just don't work together. Their their games are too polar opposite. And while they're enticing young talents, they just won't work. And I think Embiid has the value more value than Simmons. So I think you trade him. Before before you do that. Okay. What's what's polar opposite about their games? People keep saying that. I don't get it. Like all Simmons so, does so, is facilitate. So, so Ben Simmons facilitates. Joel Embiid isn't really a shooter. Joel Embiid needs the ball in his hand to either back down or to get the ball in the post. Or if, if he, he can't create his own shot as well. And Ben Simmons isn't a shooter at all. So Ben Simmons relies on shooters. Joel, they both need the ball in their hand to do to to play their best game. In the in the in in the half court offense, they play that dunker spot. And neither one can shoot three pointers in, in today's NBA. You you gotta have one guy that can't, and then like three guys that can really shoot, and one guy that can maybe shoot. But Embiid shooting, I think thirty two. I leave so, him. Yeah. I, I leave so, him wide open. So, so here's here's my crazy thing, and I think it's gonna make both teams better, and I think it makes sense for both teams. And and you can include the picks, however, 
but I think a basis of Bradley Beal for Joel Embiid. Now, hear me out. You have Bradley Beal, who that's the 76ers Achilles, even when they had Jimmy Butler, is who takes the last shot. Bradley Beal is that shot maker. You're, you're not going to get rid of Tobias Harris. Ben Simmons was the number one pick, heralded as the next LeBron 2.0. Josh Richardson's on a good contract, and you signed Al Horford, so you can't bench him. Have, have Al Horford be the four, Tobias Harris be – or Al Horford be the five, Tobias okay. Harris be the four, Bradley Beal may be the, the one, Josh Richardson the two, Ben Simmons playing the point three. You go with a really small lineup, but I think Bradley Beal works in that lineup so much better. The Wizards get a good big man in return, and the salaries almost match up. I just want to hear your guys' quick thoughts on that. Brad, I'll let you go, and then I'll follow up. All right. Uh, I mean, the thing about Bradley Beal is he works in every lineup. I mean, he's Bradley Beal. He's a oh, yeah. he's a three he's a three and D guy, a perennial All Star snub. Like I'd, I'd have him in any lineup, but if I was the Wizards, I wouldn't accept that because number one, I'm not going to give up an elite perimeter player for Embiid, who I'm not even sure could stay on the court in a playoff game where everybody's you know shooting threes all the time. Like I. It doesn't make sense on the Wizards end, um, mm. especially since it's not like he'd, you know, re-sign and stay there for the rest of his career. Like, he, as soon as he got a chance to leave Washington, he would. So if they're not close to a, you know, a championship, if they're not a Joel Embiid away, I wouldn't make that trade. But, yeah. I, but I agree. I agree that it definitely it works for Philly. Yeah, well, so my reasoning for the Wizards is, look, the Wizards had their chance with Wall and Beal being it. They had Otto Porter, they had Gortat, they had Nene. I think the they one didn't. thing thought, they didn't have their chance. He got injured. Well, what I'm saying is that was their best chance. That was their best opportunity. Losing to the Celtics in seven in the Eastern Conference Finals has been the climax of that team since I've started following. I know Brad, you're a long fan, longtime fan as well. Right. And you're not going to get John Wall off the books. And what John Wall needs more than anything is an athletic big that he can do a pick and roll with. So I think if you're not going to get rid of Wall. Bryant. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, we'll see. But, James, what are your thoughts? And we'll wrap this up. Um, I'm going under every time if you're going to do a pick and roll with John Wall and Embiid. You're going from one point guard that can't shoot to another point guard that can't <laughs> shoot. And I know that. Embiid is athletic, but he's never went in on his on his just his physique, his athleticism and what it could potentially be. And if John Wall gets back healthy, he's running up and down the court. I just don't see that as a great fit. I mean, you kind of got me with that one. I, I hadn't thought about that as far as um, trade suitors mm-hmm. for Brad Beal um, and Embiid. I mean, he's a potential to be one of the top five best players in the NBA when he's going right. But it, it's funny that I kind of. And in my back of my head, I'm like, do I value Bradley Beal over that? I think it uh, it also has to do with just how large John Wall's contract is and how much you're invested in to that one guy. So I wouldn't do that. I although I have thought about another blockbuster trade that involves Embiid. All right, let's I, hear it real quick. Let's, let's I wouldn't it. get to it right now. But what do you do? You think that this might be a possibility that the Clippers are looking at? Maybe moving Paul George for Joel Embiid. Yes, nah, the Sixers will be risking nah, it, but Paul George is a perfect nah, fit. No, nah, they, like they gave up. They gave up like six. First, they gave up like six first round picks. That would be a huge. You're basically admitting after one year, 
it's a swing and miss. Um, I, I would say I would give it some time, but uh, I, I definitely think that Steve Ballmer's looking at that area. We'll we'll see. I mean, you know, we got a lot of free agency coming up, and I, I think you know, great job playing GM, gentlemen. Hopefully, this is something we do in our future for real. You know, it's it's easy being from the outsider's perspective. I think when you're an actual general manager, there's relationships. Um, you know, there's more logistics. You have a cap team. Uh, you have other people making the decisions or, or influencing. So I got um, a last second hot take on the Nets. All right, let's hear it. I, I, I didn't get to throw it out there, but I know that uh, we were we were talking about uh, possible moves for basically their number one trade assets are Levert Allen. If you package Levert Allen in a one, you try to make that deal for Beal, that gets shot down. I really would think about. I know it's a lot to give up, but if you're in a win now mentality, which the Nets are doing, I would take a look at Drew Holiday. I like that. Underrated name. Victor Oladipo, but I like Drew Holiday for his consistency and where he stands. Oladipo would be a risk, but those are two thoughts that I thought about when I was thinking about the Nets and pushing them over the edge as championship contenders if you lose out on the field deal. Brad, I'll let you touch on that real quick and we'll, we'll wrap it up. I have a little bit of a hot take, and my only comment on that deal is that I think Jared Allen is untouchable. Like, I look at Jared Allen the same I, way I do as like I do. Him. Not the same way, but, I like, I look at him as, like, a a 60 to 70% value of, like, Bam Adebayo. Like, yeah. I really, I he, really like Jared Allen. He, he blocks think, a lot of shots. And, and to you know, we talked about Richards. They're going to do the, pick and roll. He can the, he can defend the the post. Like he's just a he's a beast. You have so, to have him. So like I was saying with the Knicks, the Nets took Bo, Bogdan Bogdanovich's bad contract that, or um, Andrew Nicholson's bad contract that the Wizards gave, and they, we gave him a we gave the Nets a pick, and that pick was Jared Allen. So it's never bad mm-hmm. to do that. Um, guys, Katie, Katie and Kyra on that team and their guy is DeAndre. That's the only thing there, which is like, hey. No, you're right about that. want him in that starting lineup, and that's the only thing. But I think Jared Allen is the better player, and I think that he does definitely has a high rise, and his, his ability to defend and just go in and put all of it on the court is an asset. They're going to have to Jordan's going to start. Jordan's going to start at like a, you know, he's going to start because he's their boy, but Jared Allen's going to get the minutes there. Like he's – Agree. We'll see, but I agree. And and you can't play both. But guys, good job. We let's transition to our question of the week, sponsored by none other than Manscaped. So, listeners, I work in sales, so I'm trying to make sales pitches every day. I won't do that right now, but instead, I'll ask you some simple questions. Do you enjoy getting hurt in the groin area? No. Great. The, law, the new Lawnmower 3.0 has skin-safe technology, the best ball trimmer ever. Do you sometimes get bored and spend longer in the shower than normal? Yes! Great! The battery lasts 90 minutes, so unless you pass out in the shower, you can make better use of your time. Don't you hate when your razor is loud? Yes! Samesies! That's why there's the quiet stroke technology. Do you like to let your junk breathe? Um, I thought that was the only option. Well, why are you wearing tight-fitting boxers when you can wear performance boxers? Do you like making your other, your significant other happy in bed? Of course, if you're dating someone. Well, who doesn't? The ball deodorant will cover up that ball sack smell that could turn her off. If you followed along, congrats. That means you're most likely not a millennial as we avoid ads at all costs. But it also means that you could use some products from Manscaped. 
razors, boxers that are dark so they hide potential poop stains, cologne, ball deodorant are some of the many products they offer. Since you've gotten this far, let me use my closing techniques on you. Get 20% and free shipping with the code TRIPLEPLAY at manscaped.com. That's one-fifth with free shipping, especially in this economy, at manscaped.com with the code TRIPLEPLAY. Guys, just like in my real job, let me be successful in closing some sales. So go to their site and buy some products. So our question of the week, we played a lot of fun fake GM, but who's the best GM currently in the NBA that wasn't fired today? So James, I'm going to start with you. Who, who's taking it? All right. I got a guy, but I'm sure that my my number two, which I was prepared, if Brad was going to go in front of me, his name uh, is also on the list. But um, both of the GMs that came to mind are from this Atlantic division, which I think is the best division in basketball when we have really four teams that can compete. So at least the Eastern Conference um, finals. Masai Ujiri is my number one guy. Man, I was hoping so bad that the Wizards were just going to throw the bank at him to get him in as our general manager because everything he touches turns to gold. I mean, you talk about a man that comes from nothing and builds his way up to the top, much like uh, an Eric Spolstra. This guy was a youth coach in Nigeria, inspired by Hakeem Olajuwon in basketball. Um, Yeah, he is... English born, but he moved back to Nigeria, came back to the States. He played a little ball himself. What did he do in his professional career? He goes to the Denver Nuggets, which is his first major general manager job. They get the most wins in franchise history. 57 wins with the starting lineup of Ty Lawson, Iggy, Gallo, Kenneth Farid, and yes, Costa Kufis starting 81 games. They know seven wins. Side note, they went 38-3 and three at home that year. One of the losses was to the Wizards. Don't ask me how I know that, but keep going. <laughs> oh, everything seems to come full circle. So he wins executive of the year in Denver. The next, uh, the next year he gets hired by Toronto, which he did a little work there. Um, they went from fifth in the Atlantic to first in his first year. His first move was cutting ties with Andrea Bargnani. Again, someone else biting the New York Knicks. Um, it helped DeRozan evolve his game 2015-16. He, all the way through till today, he's been first or second in that division. You lose to Cleveland, you lose to Cleveland, you lose to Cleveland. Cle- That's with LeBron James, of course. LeBron James is out of there. You trade for Kawhi and Danny Green, which is so hard to do when you basically watch DeMar DeRozan grow up year by year and just become a perennial all-star Again, what I say is everything he touches turns to gold. In that time, he drafted um, Norman Powell, Dylan Wright, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Jaka Pertle, OG Ananobi, much uh, people that don't get talked about when draft came around. He's he's figuring out these magical assets. Um, He trades for Marcus Gasol. He also signed uh, Ibaka to put together that championship team. Um, yeah, the chips fell fell right, but he's always going to put his team in contention, no matter if he's on the Denver Nuggets or the Toronto Raptors. She she gave Toronto, Canada, the country, a championship. So I tip my hat to him, and I think he's the hottest general manager, and I, he's the guy, if I'm starting a franchise, I want him next to me. 
So side note before, Brad, I go to you. I will say Masai Ujiri, he has the cojones of no one else. For anyone that watches South Park, when Randy Marsh has that episode where he has huge balls and he's pulling them in the wheelbarrow, that's Masai Ujiri. (laughs) How many GMs of the year or how many GMs fire the coach of the year in Dwayne Casey and then the franchise's all-time leading scorer in DeMar DeRozan and arguably the biggest name they've ever had outside VC? And do that for a one-year rental in Kauai. And it worked out, and he put his reputation on the line. So he's earned that respect. Brad, I'm interested to see the direction you go. No, I, I think you guys hit the nail right on the head. Like, it's, it's going to be, you know, me echoing what you guys have said. I think it's clear Masai Ujiri is the best GM in the NBA. And kind of doing this exercise and seeing the cap flexibility that they have, the way they draft and develop talent with the guys like Powell, OG, Boucher, um, the trade. You know, he made to get Kawhi, taking advantage of a team that was a lame duck to lose a star for nothing. And, you know, getting an all-NBA guy in exchange for an all-star, I I think he's my pick and it's not even close. I, I think we're going to see, you know, in the coming years, a lot of names that we don't know in Toronto coming out of the front office and taking jobs elsewhere in the NBA. And they're going to, you know, have similar success because I think the mindset that Masai Ujiri has it's very um, intoxicating in that when you know you're right, you have to go all in on that premise and, and really just, you know, push your thesis. And I think he did that, and it turns out he was correct, and he, he brought a championship to Toronto because of that. And I, I think it's it's really – he's far and away the best GM in the league. And if I had to go number two, just to switch it up, I might say, you know, a Sam Presti. You know, he's – you look at what he did in OKC and, you know, he kind of had to trade Paul George. He really had no choice. And what he got in return was he got SGA and a person that he's going to, he's probably going to be a cornerstone in, in, in the, in the league for a long time. And five first round picks guys, great pick. Yeah, exactly. Great, great picks. And Masai Ujiri is definitely up there. Masai Ujiri's had a lot of recent success. My pick is RC Buford. And this is a name that's okay. under the radar. This is a name that's under the radar. He took the Spurs. They didn't go to the playoffs this year, but to 22 consecutive playoff appearances. He's built that corner. I know Tim Duncan is arguably the greatest power forward of all time, but he surrounded him with players He's like Tony, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili, two foreign-born players, weren't taken in the first round, and he's made stars out of them. Five championships since he's been with the team spanning from the championship spanning from 97 to 2014. They were a contender all of those seasons. The Wizards haven't beat them since 1999. So we've lost 21 in a row with San Antonio. So he he has the Wizards number. I just think he does such a great job. Danny Green had the value because from San Antonio, someone like Patty Mills. So taking DeJunte Murray in the later picks, he got Fabricio Alberto a second contract with the Wizards. He's done this, Davis Bertans, he's done this with foreign-born players and not spending a lot to keep someone that he doesn't view as a necessity. I think over the long period of time, we'll never see a team make 22 consecutive playoff appearances again. Even the big markets, LA, New York, Boston, have a down year or two. And San Antonio is not a huge market, but I think everybody we named would any team would love to have run their organization for the next five, 10 plus years. So good picks, gentlemen. We transition to our game of the week.
and hosting it, we have Brad. What are we playing today? So we stay with the theme and play a little prices right with uh, NBA player contracts. So we're looking at the top 100 players in terms of their cap hit for the year. I'll start with number 100. Number 100 is Lonzo Ball. What's his cap hit for the year? I'll start with you, Eric. I'm going to go Lonzo Ball is at 9.2 million. I'll go 9.1. The answer is 11. So Eric gets that one. So we'll do one point, one point if you get the closest and two points if you get it on the nose. Next, we're going to go to number 80. Patty Mills. Um, a, a Brad uh, economics guy doing numbers as his game. I think that's, <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> All right. Um, Patty Mills is, uh, he's an 11.2. I'm going to go 12.1. Another one for Eric. He's 13.5. Do <sighs> nothing nice. for Eric right now. Nice. Go back to All-Star. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to keep scrolling up the list. Number 53 here, Zach Levine. Zach Levine, I want to say he's at 19.7. Eric wins again, 19.5. No! Yeah, I, I knew it was around that. Yeah, keep prices right, me, James. It's backfiring for you. Didn't he get, like, the, the max? I guess that's uh, the rookie contracts max. is a different scale. Yeah, sometimes when you sign those extensions, your cap hit doesn't hit till you know future years. So this is just next year. So let's go to number thirty-three. We're gonna go D'Angelo Russell. Okay, uh, twenty-seven point one. I I actually think that's pretty close, but I think he makes more in his later years. I think he signed like a three-year eighty-one. I'm gonna say twenty-six-six. Score one for coach twenty-eight point six. Mm. There you that's go. Good. That's good. Now we're going up. Number twenty-one. Pascal Siakam. Uh, all right. Um <clears throat> I, I'll go I'll go first for him. Um 334. Should he should he be getting that much? Um uh, <laughs> 33-4. I'm gonna go with uh just underneath. 33-3. Shout out Larry Bird and Allen Iverson. The answer is 30 point. So whoever took the under got that one. I think that was you, Coach. All right, making a little comeback. He is. Two from my records. From here on out, I'm going top ten. All right. Start with Clay Clay Thompson at number ten. You first, Derek. I just went first. I'll go. uh, I'll go thirty-five seven. Uh, I'm gonna go thirty-five six. I'm playing James's game with him. He deserves every penny, whatever he's getting. He does deserve every penny, but score one for Eric, 35.3 for this year. Oh! <laughs> Next up. That was point Great. three off. Good. No, you deserve it. I played my game. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Next up, the greatest player of all time, LeBron James. What number is he on the uh, cap hit? Number seven. Where's the number? Is. Number seven. LeBron James probably going to know this too. What a humble. Uh, uh, I want to say LeBron is at thirty-seven-four. Uh, thirty-seven-five. He's, he's got to be now. 
The cap hit is actually 39.2. I'm 2-0 and on the growing questions this year, by the way. <laughs> How many have we done so far? Well, it's We've done seven. It's four to three. I'm trying to get two out of the last okay. three. To... All right. So we've got three more. Let's just ride it out with the top three. In no particular order, just to throw you off the scent here, quick. So, Steph Curry. Steph Curry is uh, – he makes 43 – uh, point one million a year. Hmm. I'm gonna price this right. You and just say he's at forty three. Score one for Eric. Forty three on the button. Oh, that's two. That's two. With Brad scoring, so I got six, baby. Woo! You took my move, and I was off by a hundred thousand dollars. Hey man, imitation <laughs> is the best form of flattery, right? Right? Oh, that was basically for the dub. All right, let's get to this bonus question. Let's get. We get two. No, nah, you you could yeah. I was about to say you can still get it. Yeah. Let's do um. Let's do Russ. Russ, I am gonna say he's at forty four. All right. Um. He he does make more than Steph. Goodness, I don't know why. You said forty four. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go forty four one. The answer is 41.3. He actually makes less than Steph, at least for this next year. I, I'm sure it's something built in with the incentives. Okay. Hmm, interesting. All right. Well, yeah. Last one. Let's hear it. The legend himself, Chris Paul. Oh, the finesse. Uh, James, I think you're first for this one. All right, 44.3 million dollars. Uh you know, I think Curry's actually won now. And if Curry's at 43, I'm going to go Paul, Chris Paul's at 42.7. Curry is number one. Chris Paul is at 41.3. So, Eric, you are a winner, and you get your FaceTime. Awesome. Fellas. Congrats, e. <laughs> I'm 1-0 in games. All right, for my FaceTime, everybody, I appreciate you listening. We had a great amount of listeners week one. Uh, I don't want to get into the specific number, but it was more than we anticipated for our preliminary basketball show. A lot of great feedback. A couple of you wrote to me directly or to our account. It means a lot. Um, you know, Brad and James are great guys to talk basketball with, and I'm really excited to keep promoting this product. So I hope you guys keep listening. All right. Well, that's our show for this week. Uh, we are going to dive into another division next week. We have some interviews hopefully lined up. We're going to talk about the draft, too, as well, once that starts gaining some momentum in a week or two. So plenty of stuff to talk about. Players, have a safe week, and we'll catch you next time.